Thank you, Josh. Well, it's good to see all of you today. You look, you, you look good. You do. You really do. I'm not shocked, but you do look good. Um, you know, I, I say this the first Sunday of every year, and I'm going to say it again today. Just have it, you know, but okay. You're here in church today. This is the first Sunday of the year. You now have a perfect attendance for the year. Amen. Don't botch it up now, okay? <laughs> don't, don't, don't mess it up. That's, uh, but anyway, it's, uh, it's good to see you today, and it's going to fun first of the year. I want to be talking about some things that, um, today about just um, where we are as a church and what we're going to be doing. And you know, we, we have our, our, our whole church family meeting coming up um, in a couple of weeks. And I do want to invite you to set that time aside in the evening to come. We'll be talking more about the direction of the church for, for the coming year. But today I want to talk about just, you know, where we are um, and what I believe God is speaking to our church right now. Um, you know, just, what are you looking for this year? What, what are you looking for? Uh, what do you want to see happen in your life this year? You know, there's a, there's a you know, there's an old saying, uh, you know, that, you know, it's, you know, we find what we're looking for. What are you going to be looking for? Will you, are you going to find it, you know? Um, just stumble across it, you know. Not too often do you know do things happen just be, just because they happen to happen that way. Usually, we have to make a plan, uh, go after that plan, and uh, then we 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 move into to God's to God's goodness. You know, there's an old saying and said, "Aim at nothing and what." You'll hit it. <laughs> you'll you'll get nothing. You know, you aim at nothing and you you'll get nothing. Um, and, but, you know, whenever you're making plans, the time comes when you have to take action. You have to quit sitting around and planning. One of these days I'm going to, you know, you know I'm aiming to do it someday. Well, it's time, it's time to quit aiming and pull the trigger. That's a little funny thing there, you know. Um, okay, but anyway, um, but, you know, taking that action and making sure that we understand the boundaries that we can take in, in taking action. And, and moving in, in ahead in what God is calling us to do. Uh, we, we live in a world right now that is, is going down some very interesting roads. And uh, as we this world, we're, we'll be talking about that today of where, where is our world going? Where is our country going? Where is the church of Jesus Christ going? And, and what do we need to do? But as we're starting this year off, there's a couple of things I want to just mention to you. First of all, um, the, 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 you know, the, the daily devotional that we do, we're, doing it, we're going to be doing it online this year. And so um, uh, the best way I can say is make sure that we have your email address on that thing that Josh mentioned earlier. And we're going to be sending out how to, to get tapped into this online devotional. If you say, well, I don't, I don't do stuff online, um, uh, we'll, we'll do our best to help you help you through that, but uh, we, we we're going to do it you know through the social media this this year and uh, see how that works for us. So make sure we have your email address. If you haven't been getting emails from time to time from the church, um, give us your email address and we'll put you on the list and you will be getting that. Another thing I want to mention is that something that we do that we're committed to. Um, the Bible talks about the importance of, of, of feeding hungry people. We, do, we were committed as a church in several ways with our, our food bank. But one of the things that I want to ask you to do 
in that is that we have these, these five-gallon water jugs. Josh, hold that, that, that water jug up back there. We have this five-gallon water jug. It's empty. It doesn't want to be empty. Um, but um, what, I, what I ask you to do, for those of you maybe new to the church or, or were asleep when the last time I talked about it, uh, but I'm asking you to, to, to fast a cup of coffee one day a week. Just, just, you know, one day a week, you know, you know, don't go to Starbucks one day, but instead give some kid, some starving kid, uh, a, a chance to eat. Now, I'm not trying to guilt you, but I do want you to understand, you know, when you go to Starbucks, what you pay for your, what is your favorite drink? What do you like there? What do you like? Skinny vanilla latte. <laughs> Skinny vanilla latte. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, you know, whatever those expensive drinks are, you know, you know, for what you pay for that, I can, I can feed a kid in Africa four meals. I can feed a kid in Africa four meals for what you pay for that drink, you know, for, for that. And, you know, and that, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. And so what I'm asking you to do is it's just one day a week, just, just, just to fast a cup of coffee and to drop that money into the, to the, to the, uh, to the, that, that barrel every week. A lot of parents use this time to teach their kids the importance of, of giving to, to other kids. I see moms and dads will bring the kid and the kid will have their, their, their change from the week, you know, and they'll, they'll drop it in or mom and dad will give them a dollar or give them a couple of dollars or uh, if you're drinking an expensive drink, give them $45. Uh, <laughs> And, and, and to put it in to say, now then, we're, we're giving this to, to, the, to kids that, that can't eat. They don't have the blessings that you have. You know, and I, I see parents that they're, they're very systematic in it. That every week they will bring their kid and they, they, they will, they'll give them this one particular, you know, they give them $5 and they say, okay, now then, what is this for? And, and the kid will say, this is to feed hungry children. You know, and so it's a good way to teach your kids to, there's a world out there be, besides our, our, our uh, computer game controlled world that, that, that is, is in need. And so this year, just I'm going to ask you just to, 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 to join in, 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 in fasting a cup of coffee, you know, one day a week, you know, and, and um, let God uh, use that in, in a special way. So this, this year, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? What do you want to see God do this, this year in your life? You know, we, we, live, in a, we live in a world that is, is that's going, going, going kind of crazy right now. And as Josh mentioned earlier, we, we're going to be doing this School of the Bible on Wednesday night. Um, and I, I want to, to invite you to come. I want to ask you to do something, and that is to, to approach it in a very serious way. Um, our, our, our country... Is is in, as we see the spirit of antichrist rising stronger and stronger and stronger in our country, we see the the, the word of God being degraded and being demoted. It's, it's not, you know what, and it's not just you know a secular world out there. Even even churches and religious institutions are are throwing the Bible away and saying, well, it's just a good book. It's got some good writings in it. And that's a reason that as, as a church, we want to take this time on Wednesday nights to say, what would you say to your neighbor who says, oh, well, the Bible's a good book, you know, but it's just written by human beings. 
What are you going to say? What kind of defense are you going to give? Do you know how to let the Bible speak for itself? Do you know how to point to external evidences in the Bible that, that prove that it's, it's the Word of God, that it's God's Word to man? Um, if you have questions about the Bible yourself, as well, I'm not sure if I really believe. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a good religious writing. You need to, to, to learn to embrace it as it, it, it is the Word of God that is profitable for, for reproof and, and correction. And it tells us the pathway to take. And so Wednesday nights, I'm going to ask you to, to join us on Wednesday nights and do this because of where I know that God wants our church to go in the coming year. If you do not believe that the Bible is God's ultimate word to man, then some of the things that I'm going to ask you to be doing in the coming year are going to be very difficult for you. If you do not believe in the authority of the word of God, to speak to your life and to direct your life and, and, and to offer the correction and to offer the, uh, the path to go down, then there will be a separation from God and we will begin to, to live that watered-down Christian life. What is God speaking? What is God saying to us? And do we believe in the Bible? Do we believe that it is what, what it claims to be? God's word to man. You know, if you watch very much, you know, television on, on A&E or History Channel, you're going to get so doctrinated by the spirit of Antichrist that undermines the authority of the Bible. I mean, I, I love watching those, because trust me, folks, there's nothing on network television worth watching right now. There's nothing. There may be a couple programs, but the rest of it is so offensive to your faith. The sad thing about it is that so many Christians don't know. So many Christians don't know that, that the majority of the program is designed to cause you to doubt God, to cause you to doubt God's commands, and to say, oh, no, that was what it meant back. But today we live in a different enlightened world. We are evolving into, into, into more intelligent people more inclusive people. We want to embrace everybody and to embrace everything. And we're having, we're having things preached at us. We are having the, 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 the doctrine of the Antichrist shoved down our throats. We're having the, the dignity of, of mankind robbed from us. And we're saying, oh, we just want to embrace everybody. We want everything to be okay. There comes a time when the church must step up and say, enough of it. Enough of it. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms chapter 11. And in verse, we'll start reading in verse 1. And the main verse I want to focus on right now will, will be on the screen in a couple seconds here. But um, in, in, in Psalms in chapter, chapter 17, we're talking about you know, the best is yet to come and, and, and how to get there. Okay, now then, in, in Psalms in chapter 11, verses 1, Okay, in the Lord I take refuge. How then can uh, you say to me, flee like a bird to the mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bows and they set their arrows against the string to shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. And what, what, what the psalmist is saying is, you know, take refuge in the Lord. How can you say that? Do you know what's going on? There's a world out there that's trying to kill us. Is trying to say to, to, to the absolutes of the word of God, you know, don't believe that. Don't believe that garbage. No, 
don't believe that. that that's, that's old, that, that's old out, out of date stuff. The, you know, the wicked, they bend their bow and they set their arrows against the string to shoot from the shadows. At the, you know, we're not really dealing with it in an honest way. They've got to hide behind something. Now then, in verse 3, this is going to be on the screen for you. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? And as we are seeing the, the, the foundations of our nation, of, of America, being destroyed, as we are seeing not just the, just the foundations of our nation, but we're also seeing the, the very foundation of what made America great. And that was a, a belief in God, a belief in, in who Jesus Christ is. What can, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can we do? What can we do about it? The psalmist is going to go on. He's going to give us some comfort here. And he's going to say in verse 4, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is in his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on the earth and his eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous. And this next, this next passage is going to throw some of you here. Some of you, you're going to you're going to have a hard time with this because we all want to just get along. But I'm going to tell you something. There, there does come some times when God says, enough, enough of this. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. What? Is that the Bible? On the wicked he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur, and a scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is, the right, is righteous, and he loves justice, and the upright will see his face. Now, the balance of the word of God is that God loves whosoever will may come. Anyone who loves violence, who loves injustice, that God, as a matter of fact, sees that as an offense against him, against who he is. Those things that robs people of their, their dignity and robs them of, of their, their, their authority, who they are in, in, in Jesus Christ. God is opposed to that and he will, he will put himself against those who oppose God. He will put himself against the wicked. And the day is coming when there will be the judgment. And that, 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 Hatred of God, because I'm going to tell you something, my dear friends. God is balanced in his emotions, and God does hate. God hates evil. He hates those things that, that takes his prized possessions and wants to, to separate them from who he is. And he says to us, and I want you to understand that, that I've got a job for you to do. There's a passage in Proverbs in chapter 11 also that says, whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to those who search for it. Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. And those who bring ruin into their families will inherit only wind, and the foot will be the servant of the wise. The fool will be the servant of the wise. And then a passage, it's a very important passage for us, our church family for this year. In verse 30 it says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and those who 
when souls are wise. If the righteous receive their due on earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner. And my encouragement to you this morning is as we are starting off this year, as we're moving ahead into it, of realizing that we are in a place to where we are seeing the foundations of our, of our nation, we're seeing the foundations of even our Christian faith that's being challenged. And maybe there are certain things that we cannot control in, in, in our nation. Maybe there may be some things that are beyond our control. But in our Christian faith and our belief in God, we can be in control and we must be in control. We must not allow those things to happen that will destroy our faith in God. We must have the word of God as a light to our feet, a guide to our path. We must embrace it for what it is. It is God's word to man. And, we, and we, as we grab a hold of that and we bring it into our lives, and we, we build our lives around it, of knowing that, that, that I can expect God's blessing in my life. I can expect God to, to, to go before me in all the things that I'm doing. Nehemiah was facing a very difficult situation. He was facing the fact that his, his, his people were in captivity. He had the freedom to go back to, to, to rebuild Jerusalem, to build a wall around his city, to, to make something good happen. But they were being challenged and they were being, they were being beat up and he had to make a stand. He had to be a leader that said, we're going to move ahead, we're not going to, we're not going to fear. In the passage in Nehemiah, in chapter four and verse 14, and it says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Earnestly remember the Lord and imprint him on your minds, great and terrible. We serve a great God, but when you go against God, it can be terrible. When we oppose God, when we oppose his word, oh, don't believe the Bible, it's just a bunch of, we're facing a terrible God. And take from him courage to fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your home. What I want to encourage you in is that I believe that where we are as a nation, where the church of Jesus Christ is, that it's time to take courage and to begin to fight for what we know is right to begin to stand up against what the enemy of God is throwing at us as we're experiencing the spirit and the rise of Antichrist, that as a church of Jesus Christ, we do not compromise on what we know to be the truth. And Nehemiah gives us some, some, a couple of truths here. And first of all, he says, remember the majesty of God. Base everything on, on who God is. That as a matter of fact, he's great. He's a great God. Set your mind on that. I'm serving a great God. Yes, the world around you is going to be wavering. Oh, we don't believe that anymore. You know, America's not a Christian nation anymore. Uh, we, 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 we just, well, we don't want to go down that road. No, we don't, want to, we don't want to be too offensive to people. He says, you know, imprint him on your mind. He's great and he's terrible. Take courage from him. And, and he's saying that, that when, when we move ahead... That, that we are to stand firmly in God. He understood what, what, what God spoke to Joshua, that no man will be able to stand against you. When we are leading in a place, when you're taking the, the place for your, your brethren, for your sons, for your daughters, for your wives and for your home, of saying, no, I, I, no man will be able to, to stand against me. 
I am going to lead my family down those paths of righteousness. And the next thing that he says to do is to fight. To fight. To fight for what you know is right. Coming to that place to say, you know, you know yes, God is in his, 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 his heavenly throne. Yes, God is in charge. And what I know for sure is that I can trust God. I can put my faith in God. I will do it God's way. I will fight for my family. There may come the time, parents, that you need to, to insist, even in the public schools, that no, you cannot teach my sons and my daughters those things. There comes a time when, when we must, with, with the right attitude, not with a negative, nasty attitude, but there comes a time when we say, no, 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 you do not teach my kid those things. We have to fight for our kids. It comes time that we must demand what we know is right. There's an incredible story in, 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 in the book of Samuel where Samuel is going to anoint Saul king. It's the first king that Israel had had. And as, as Samuel is out looking for Saul, he, he finds him, he's out looking for some donkeys that got lost. Samuel comes across him and he says that this is the man that, that, that God is, is to be anointed to be the king. And he, and he says to, to Samuel, he says that, that okay, God's got his hand on you and you're going to lead God's people. But God does a supernatural thing in, in, in Saul. There's a very supernatural thing in Saul and he, he, he changes him into to something totally different than, than what he was. As most of you know, the, the story of Saul ends very, very sadly that just because one time you're doing something right doesn't mean that it's all a shoe in. But you have to continue to fight for what you know is right. You have to continue to be steadfast in what you believe in. You can't let your guard down. This is what Saul did, but as he is starting off, Samuel anoints Saul. He says, you're going to be the king. You're going to lead God's people. And in, in chapter, chapter 10, verse 6, it says, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with him. He says, you're going to meet some prophets. You're going to prophesy with them and be turned into another man. And let it be when you see these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands for God is with you. And where we are right now it's time for the church to do as the occasion demands. Our nation that, that we love, our nation that, that many, of your, your, many of you have fought for, many of you are a part of, the, as it was, was coined a while back, by the greatest generation, those that, that, that fought during World War II to, to, to make America, to keep America great, to keep America free, as we've seen so much of, of the, the disintegrating of what people fought for and died for, as to what the Revolutionary War was all about, as we were seeing America that we once knew as being taken away from, from us, it's almost like it's happening overnight, where what we once believed in is, well, we don't believe that anymore. And we're, we're seeing even people who do not believe in our nation who do not believe in who we are and what we are as they're taking leadership and demanding leadership. 
And as we'll talk about this in a couple of minutes, as we are, we are allowing a new group of pastors to, to come into America. And the pastors are called, they're called actors. They're called, they're called movie stars. And all of a sudden, we believe in what they are saying, where our, our, our government agencies run quicker to, 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 to Hollywood elite than they, than they do to anything else. And our nation is in a very dangerous place. And the church of Jesus Christ cannot, must not go down that same road. The church of Jesus Christ must hold firmly to what we believe and we cannot water it down. And we cannot allow the the church to to be afraid to, to speak up. We cannot allow the church to fall away and so as, as, as Saul is being anointed, Samuel says that you must do what the occasion demands, that you must do what the occasion is, is, is calling for. And it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to stand up and say, this is what the, church, what, what the occasion demands. As it comes across in the, in, you know, in the, in the, in the new King, King James, this occasion demands some action and something must be done. As we, as the church of Jesus Christ, grow, we must realize that we have a foundation that is built on the rock of Jesus Christ. And anything that takes away from the authority of Christ in our lives is that spirit of antichrist. And we must call it for what it is and say that. There may be religious institutions and, and churches that say, well, the Bible, we need to modify the Bible to make it, and that is the spirit of antichrist that is taking away the absolutes and the authority of God in our lives. The, the New York Times, December the 28th, called for the US, U.S. Constitution as an evil document that we need to give up on. And as government is forcing Christian institutions to, to water it down, you must, you know, what the Bible says is no longer relevant. You must believe what we tell you to believe. The White, the White House has actually told Catholic cardinals and bishops to shut up and to accept the mandate. They were told that they had to begin, that their hospitals and their medical institutions had to, to provide uh, abortions and, and, and um uh, the, the night, evening, the morning after pills. And, and as they stood, stood up and said, no, 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 we have religious beliefs that are against that. And the issue was, doesn't make any difference. Here's what we tell you to do. And as we as a nation, as we face these things, the church of Jesus Christ cannot go down the same way. Now, you say, well, man, this is the first day of the year, Larry, and I'm coming, I want to be encouraged, and you're telling me some bad stuff. I want to... Well, go someplace else. You say good things. <laughs> I am saying the best is yet to come. It's the title of, of the, the message. It's the title of our first part of the year, the quarter of this quarter of this year. The best is yet to come. But we have to get there. We have to make it happen. We have to aim for it. We have to look for the best, the best in your family. But you don't have to fight for what you want in your family. You're going to have to fight for what you want in, in your marriage. You're going to have to fight for what you want in your educational system. 
We have to, we have to fight for these things and speak up and not be afraid to, to oh, because one of the things that the church cannot do, one of the things that as Christians that we cannot do is we cannot approach it in some way, well, we don't want to be offensive. You know, we, we don't want, because the occasion sometimes calls for us to be offensive. It calls for us to stand up and say, no, 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 we're not going to go down that road. The Apostle Paul, we've talked about this in the past. The Apostle Paul, when, he, when his rights were taken away from him as a Roman citizen, and they said, oh, we're sorry, just, just sneak away quietly, just be quiet. But he says, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I demand a public apology. I demand it. My rights are you violated my rights. It's the church in Jesus Christ, until the New York Times wins, and we, until, as long as we still have the Constitution, we still have those rights to say, no, wait a minute. We have our freedoms too, and you cannot infringe on our freedoms. We must earnestly remember the Lord and imprint Him on our minds because He's a great and a terrible God. And we're going to take courage in Him, and we're going to fight for our brothers, for our sons, for our daughters, for our wives and for our homes. And we are going to fight to protect that. And until that time, and even when that happens, then we say, but the word of God says. There's a, there's a great revival going. You don't hear about it. You're not going to be too much aware about it because no one wants you to know about this one. But there's an incredible revival going on. You know where it is? In Egypt. As we're seeing the, as we're seeing the, you know, the, the, the Muslim Brotherhood take control and, and, and the persecution of Christians. You know, what's happening is the Christians are rising up and saying, this is our time to stand. It's our time to fight. And they're, and they're, they're, they're doing what the Word of God says, that a righteous person is, is, a, is a green tree and they win souls. They win souls. And this is the call of, 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 of our church is to be righteous and to win souls and to reach out to, to the lost and dying and say, God cares, God cares. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the idea that, 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 that Lydia Nolte, who, who grew up under, under, under Hitler in, in, in Germany during World War II, and, and as well as Heinz and Katrina, the, the idea was that, that they, they said the church had never been, was never stronger than it was un, under, under Nazism because the church said, we can't compromise. We've got to stand strong and stand firm. And as the church of Jesus Christ, as we are moving into this year, the idea we must stand firm, we, we, we want to find the best that is yet to come, then we have to stand for it and move ahead in, in a bold fashion. And we must do like the Apostle Paul. We must stand and oppose when, when our rights are being taken away from us and do it with a loving attitude. Sometimes some of the people that are, that are the, 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 the ones that are, that are moving against, the, I, I don't even like being around some of the political people because na- the attitudes are just nasty. They have a, they have a, a very unloving, unchristlike spirit and, and they think that they're doing the work of God. As Christians, we must be sweet in our attitudes. We must be humble in our attitudes. But we know what humility is. We've talked about a lot in the church. Humility is power under control. That's what humility is. It's power under control. I am full of power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to do it God's way. As a matter of fact, you owe me an apology. Second thing we must do, as the occasion demands, is we have to accept the fact that there's a new generation that has no idea who Christ is. And this new generation that has no idea who Christ is is also a generation that is, that is leading our nation. We must, 
we must teach and we must pray for those around us. We saw it happen in, 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 with Israel in the book of Judges, that a generation came up that, that knew not God. Uh, and, and we see it in Egypt. A generation came up, the pharaohs came up that, that knew not God, what, what God had done. And we have to lay a foundation of faith. And we have to preach the central truth of the faith of the doctrine of Jesus Christ and the authority of the word of God. Another thing we need to do, we have to do inside of, of the churches, the church is being challenged in everything that she is, is that we have to expect the signs, the wonders, and the moving of the Holy Spirit. We have to, to allow the Holy Spirit to be who he is, to bring in his, his, his work and his breath. When Samuel poured out that flask of oil on Saul, and he says, the Lord has anointed you, and he says, the, the, the Spirit is going to come, across, uh, come on you. Do what the occasion demands. My encouragement to you is that situation that you're facing of do what the Spirit of God demands. Do what, what, what God is speaking to you. Do not allow it to be watered down. Do not be fearful. My, 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 again, as we as a church are standing firm, we will not, we cannot water down the authority of the Bible. It's the reason I'm asking you to come on Wednesday nights, to be firmly rooted in the Bible, to know the authority of the Bible, to believe in the authority of the Bible, to be convinced of, to allow the Holy Spirit to turn that light on, that God is alive and, he, and, he, and He's breathing through me right now. I, 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 am a, I receive a, a, an email. It's, it's an email to pastors. It's from uh, somebody that, um, that um, speaks to pastors and somebody you may, you may have heard of him. His name is Rick Warren. I don't know if he... Um, <laughs> but, but he sent this out to, to pastors and... And, and it's something that I wanted, I wanted to share with you. I, I want to share this with you. It was, it was to me as a pastor, but I want to, to, to throw it out to all of us as a church as well. And he was, you know, because there, there is a, there's a breath going on in the, in the Holy Spirit of, of many people who are tapped into to a lot of the prophetic and a lot of the things that God is breathing in the church of Jesus Christ right now. That, that the church needs to get ready that it's time for the church to rise to the occasion to, to, to get ready for the, what, the next thing that God is going to do. I've heard this from several people that I have a, a lot of confidence in and, and, there, and one of them was, was just, you know, was, was uh, you know, you, you need to get ready for what God's gonna do next. You know, you guys need to get ready. And she was speaking to, to pastors you guys, you pastors, you need to get ready for what God is going to do next. And when I received this, this email from, from Rick, oh, yeah. Because, because we, we will find what we're looking for. And if we're not aiming for that move of God, then, then, then we'll, we will, we'll, we'll miss that, that, that move of God. That we have to take action. We have to know what God is doing and be on the cutting of edge of what, what God wants to do. But the most important thing of all is that we have to know God's way. If we don't know God's way, when we get in the middle of something, we think, well, this is what the occasion demands. And we get nasty, we, we get in our flesh, and we do things, we think we're doing God's work and we're doing it in an ungodly way. And that's the reason that the authority of the Bible must be deeply imprinted in all of our hearts and all of our minds. I'm gonna put these five things that, that Rick Warren threw out to, to the pastors in America. I'll put them on the screen for you, and I want you to, to fill them in there. On your outline, it's get. 
Okay, first, number one is get clean. Get clean. That God can use different vessels, that God uses all kinds of people to do his work, but he won't use a dirty vessel. Make a list of everything in your life that displeases God and agree with God that it's a sin, with it's a sin and ask God for forgiveness. And ask God for victory over those things and commit them to him and move ahead to be a, a clean vessel before the Lord. The second one is to get fit. Now this, this may shock some of you. I mean, oh, that's, no. But, but no, but, but get fit. To do everything that God has in store for you this year, you'll need energy as much as you can get. Watch your weight. Start exercising. Get rest. You'll need it. You know, this is something that, that you know, we realize that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and this is the reason that we have things in our church like, like moving the soul, and, you know, and we, we put so much emphasis on prism in our church. And it's not the reason why we have donuts out there. Um, <laughs> we have donuts out there because they taste good. So just have a bite. Don't eat a dozen. But, but get fit. T take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Those things that are offensive to the temple of the Holy Spirit, to, you know, take care of them. And, and realize that, um, that, that I, this body needs to be used to, to, to serve God. The next one is get simple. Get simple. Doesn't mean get stupid, <laughs> okay? It means distractions. Even, even some things that are good will keep you from God's best for your church more than anything else. Get focused on God's purpose. And this is the reason that I, I took that time during our, our worship time to say why we do what we do. I want, our, I want to do things because, we do, because there's a purpose. There's a reason behind what we do. We don't do things because, well, it's just a tradition. It's just the way that we do things around here. We've always done it that way, and I don't know why we do it. We just, we just do it that way. No, we don't have the song service at the beginning of the service because it's a chance to get everybody to come in so you can hear the message. It's because there's a reason. It's, it, it pulls our heart and our mind. You need to be involved. And that's the reason that, that if you don't clap, I'm going to start clapping at the end of a song because I want your body involved in, in the worship of God. When we hold back those things from God, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to raise my hands. I don't want to clap my hands. I, I don't want, then we're, we're saying, God, it's a part of my life. You stay out of it, okay, God? I don't want you here. We need to just simplify our lives from those distractions and, and stay focused on the purpose of God. So why we do what we do? Why we believe in the Bible? Because the spirit of Antichrist is going to give you a very good, logical, humanistic reason of why you shouldn't do the things in the Word of God. And it's going to sound really, really good. And the prophets from the, the spirit of Antichrist, they're going to give you a good reason of why you shouldn't believe what you believe. Get simple. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here and then just hang on. 
but check it out. Sometimes, you know, part of what the Spirit demands is that we just have to speak the truth in, kind of, in a little bit of, of harshness sometimes. But some of you have baggage, and, and, and you're just carrying that baggage around with you and it, because it's your God-given right to have that baggage. It's time to simplify your life. Forget about that baggage. There are some issues, my dear friends, that are just simply not going to be decided this side of heaven. When you get to heaven, then you can ask God, but I'm going to tell you something. When you get to heaven and you stand before God and you see his goodness, you're going to go, oh, never mind. <laughs> So why would you allow that baggage to rob you of the goodness and the grace and the mercy and the victories of God here on earth when it doesn't matter that much? There's some baggage. Have you ever lost baggage on an airplane? I have. I have. I've, I've lost stuff, and I've never seen it again. I don't know where it is. It's, you, know, I've had, you know, I've had baggage that, you know, I got some of it back, you know. Uh, but, but I've lost baggage. I never saw it again. Maybe the, some of the baggage you just need to leave on, 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 the, uh, on the conveyor belt, okay? But I need to then, then work your way through it. But when it's time when God says, okay, now then it's time to get healed, get healed, okay? The church of Jesus Christ depends on you too much. Quit hum, stumbling around and allow God to heal you and move ahead and move ahead to, with, with God in, in victory and grace. The next get on your outline, get number four, is get faith. Get faith. You know, whatever is not of faith is sin. The Bible says very clearly. The, the whole power of the Reformation was the just shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. My, it's my faith in God. I know you know this, but I hate religion. I hate it. Religion is repulsive. Religion says, I'll work hard to please God and I'll get myself cleaned up. And faith is God because of the mercy of Jesus Christ. I've been forgiven and I'm going to live in that place with Jesus Christ. I'm not going to try and impress God with my religious attitudes, but I'm going to be so in love with my Savior I'm going to live in this family relationship with, with my loving Heavenly Father. And the just live by faith, not by, by their deeds that they have done. We need a God-sized vision that it can't happen without Him. And for our church to exist in the coming year, in, in, in 2013, is that God-sized vision of God. God, lead us into all that you have in mind. We, we know that we may not be the most popular church in our city in taking the stands that we take. We may not be the most, the most well-received, but we will not water down, we will not compromise on the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the just, the just will live by faith. Living in another, let me say it this way, and then give me a little bit of poetic license here, okay? This is my mind. I say, ooh, yeah, you know. But, but faith, living in another dimension, living in a what if God is more powerful than this present evil age dimension? What if the breath of God, what if the power of the Holy Spirit is, 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 is stronger? And God, we're going to do it your way. We're going to follow your plan, God. We're going to put our trust in you.
And the fifth one, I'm going to ask the worship band to come up as I'm giving you the, the fifth one, the last one. But the, the, the last one is, is get going. Get going. You know, we're talking about on our, our, our outline today, the title of the day of, you know, the best is yet to come. You know, get there. To get to the best, you got to get moving. Now, I think we, we all know that, that, that guidance systems only work when you're moving. You can sit in your car all day long and turn the wheels. It's not going to change directions until you put it in gear and start moving. Some of you want to know what God's doing? Get busy doing something. You know, quit sitting around waiting and, 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 and move ahead and see what God is doing. And God will lead and God... Now, that's the importance of knowing the Word of God and what the, what, what the situation demands. Otherwise, we can get some big messes going on. But the, I know what God wants me to do. And now that I'm going to, I'm going to get going, I'm going to start moving ahead and, and trusting God and what He's called me to do. The church, as we face problems, as we face the challenges, as, as, as the church faces a, a, a nation that is beginning to take our freedoms away from us and telling us, you can't believe that. If you want to believe that, well, then you're not really, you're not a good person. Good people, and that, my friends, is the spirit of Antichrist. That is that one world government, the one world religion that is going to be dominant in, 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 in the end times is that one thing that's going to usher in the final play of the Antichrist and is going to usher in the, the, the final return of Christ. We must be separate from that. We must stand opposed to that. We cannot water down our approach to the gospel of Jesus Christ we cannot water down the authority of the Word of God and say, well, we don't want to be offensive. We don't need to be nasty, but we do need to be firm in knowing that we serve a great God, but a terrible God who hates the unjust. And that's why we must do our deeds and our actions. If it's giving that money for a cup of coffee, doing it because it's the just thing to do working in the food bank because it's, it's the just thing to do. A feeding orphans because it's the just thing to do. God is opposed. What, is, what causes these, these issues of, around the world? I mean, our, our, our world can feed, it can feed 10 times the people that, that, that are on this earth right now. Why aren't they fed? It's because of the greed of men and the injustice of men. And that's why the church must be the church. And don't give me this malarkey that just allow humans to be good human beings and they'll take care of it. No, they won't. I've seen them in action in third world countries. I've seen the filthy, filthy, filthy rich stomp on, on, on the face of children. So don't, don't, don't tell me that human beings are basically good. No, we're not. We're evil. But when Jesus Christ comes in, <laughs> then, then we see the value of human life. And we treasure what he treasures. People then. People. Whosoever will may come. God so loved the world that he gave. Uh, so I hope that these, these five challenges are a challenge to you and that you will induct them into your own life. And that you will do what the occasion demands. 
And then as a church, as we make those stands, what we know is right, you'll say, it's my church, and I'm going to stand with my church. I'm going to stand with my church. I want to make the demands, my government, the Constitution says these are mine. I make those demands. I ask you to stand. The reason we take an offering, the reason that as a pastor I teach tithing is the Bible says that the purpose of the tithe is to, is to put God first. It's to put God first. To show, to teach your own self. I put God first in my life. We come to church on Sunday morning because it's the first day of the week to put God first. The tithe is there before us to say, God, I'm putting you first. Well, I'll give God what's left over. God's not first. God's not first. But as I return that tithe to him, and for those of you who've learned the secret of tithing, you, you know something. You know something. You know that that you can live as well on, on that 90% as you can on the 100%. That 10% goes someplace and you have no idea where it goes. If, you're, if you are, if you take the time and, and you evaluate it, you realize that. I mean, there's a teaching I have on it that we'll do a little later on. But it's going to go. You have no control of it. It's going to go. The enemy of God will get it one way or the other. Yeah. Or you can give it to God and you can get that mark of God on your finances. The reason we take an offering is to allow you that place to say, God, I'm putting you first. I'm putting you first. I want to invite you to put God first. I can't afford, you can't afford not to. Because I'm going to tell you something, the enemy doesn't just stop on taking that, that, the first part. He'll take the rest too. Now, Father in heaven, bless this offering as we put you first. We thank you for your blessings, Lord. Amen.